0: Welcome to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I'm your host Gerhard Molin and enjoy the music. beautiful um i mentioned it in the first episode this intro song was made by my dear friend moritz wenzel and he has a great band called creamy business check it out creamybusiness.com absolute amazing music yes episode number three i'm very excited i hope you're doing fine i hope your week was amazing uh with lots of Beautiful things to experience. Um, just before the show, I did my Lumi check-in because I noticed when I do it live. Actually, during the episode, I I don't really I forgot a few things. For example, last week I was definitely worth mentioning. One of my high, definitely a green light was last week. I was still in Vienna. Um, now I'm back in Helsinki for uh, three weeks, then going back to Vienna. And like last week, I had a beautiful board game evening. Uh, with some good friends and we played it's definitely my favorite board game of all time it's called Cosmic encounters it's from the 70s and uh yeah it's just uh i've never played a board game i think i've played it so far at least 50 times and it's still so much fun so that's why i decided i'm gonna do my lumi check-in again before the show (laughs) in peace and calm and there's no kind of like no stress and no pressure so i can really think about (laughs) all the things and uh yeah um i'll get more to it as well in a second just like because i received great feedback about the show um and oh wait first thing first so i'm in helsinki and yeah i'm here because uh i want to interview a few people and i think next episode or the episode after is going to be the first guest on the show it's uh, very exciting and um yeah my green lights my week has been wonderful um so it was uh, until last wednesday in still in vienna and i had beautiful time with my family i went with my dad to a bar called Fra, Fra, frau Meyer in vienna it's a beautiful bar where there's like you, live music every time and you can people can go there to jam Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, a beautiful evening with my mom. We a, went to a very beautiful coffee place in Vienna, a very traditional one. And then we had the ice cream in the sun. And uh, yeah, I had a be- beautiful catch-up times with uh, my friend David, who recently became father. So congratulations. He lives in London. We've known each other for, yeah, wow many many years (laughs) since we were teenagers we studied together and uh, he and his wife Sabina they both live in London amazing people and they recently became parents I'm so happy for them if you listen to this shout out to you greetings and yeah arrived on in Helsinki last Wednesday and it was a midsummer celebrations on yes on Friday and Saturday and uh, yeah it's just beautiful to experience Finland and Helsinki during that time it's like days are yeah almost endless There's, we had 25 to 30 degrees it is just this beautiful vibe in the air it's like ah love it It has been a great week and our uh, work has been good um i worked also well the work <laughs> my paid work has been has been very nice and i worked on a lot of time uh, lots of time went into Lumi and podcast and Receiving feedback, thinking about the show, collecting ideas, and um, so I would say this week has been fantastic. And my Lumiscore was at four point two two, so it's a has been a great week. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, let's get into the shows. I think one one thing I mentioned briefly, I asked um, on Instagram what people liked so far and what they would like to hear more. And it's been beautiful, beautiful feedback. And actually, also just yesterday, I received another uh, good feedback from um, a friend of mine. She, we went together to the same coding school for, uh, four years ago in Helsinki, and I think one aspect she would, she actually pointed out, and it's so beautiful that she pointed it out because, yeah, that all this talk about like growth and 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 yeah, self reflection and awareness. It's not a sprint, it's actually a marathon. And yeah, when I look back, my journey started 7 years ago and there has been periods of pain and hardship and I definitely want to get into that because it's so important to understand that uh without there's no how do you say painless path to growth and awareness and kind of like finding your true self or like getting back to your nature. I think there's a lot of healing involved as well baggage that you have accumulated over decades and years, and uh, not consciously, but conscious, unconsciously. And I really want to get back into uh, highlight that. So thank you. That was amazing feedback. Other feedback was um, that I really enjoyed me talking about things I read and I'm passionate about and the learnings, and I will double down on that. I will talk less, like, do not, I won't do live Loomy check-ins anymore because I noticed... I'm I can't be as reflective when I do it live and I think I do it now prior every Sunday prior to the show. I can really dive into much more. So like also for me it's quite important to be honest. And but what I will do is just um do Lumi check-ins with guests. So it's gonna be very exciting. Because I did Lumi check-ins with uh friends in the past and we have had beautiful and amazing and very deep conversations and I would like to share with you the power of Lumi, when you do it with someone uh, when you do a check in with someone it's like it's such a nice framework to get into various aspects of each other's lives and share what's going on and finally, yeah, for me, the feedback I receive is so important because when you create something, you bring something to the world there's always there's always a beautiful mixture of art and science the art part is like this intuitive feeling like all right i have this idea i want to create something and i want to bring it out into the world and the science part is then you know all right, we this is my intuition let's see if the world if there's something that resonates with other people and the science part is all about collecting feedback and then iterating from there and seeing like how do we really how do we really meet. Um, other people's interests as well that also interests them because in the end of the day I, I think i mentioned episode one i would love that this podcast is something for you to relax to get inspired some comfort noise um in your busy days and nothing really too how to say serious and and yeah nothing too reasonable all right let me take a sip of my delicious water finnish water is the best by the way or i would say finnish water and austrian water both excellent Mm. delicious and uh, how can you help as an audience um am so I, i didn't notice um i didn't check spotify and i didn't uh on purpose look up for example any statistics of the podcast because for me the creation of the content and my joy in creating this content is priority number one. Uh, the numbers, they are, yeah, second, third priority. And But regardless, I was positively surprised. I, I kind of like didn't expect it, but I was like, it was so beautiful to see the ratings I received on Spotify, on Apple podcast. And um, yeah, I didn't know. And then it's like, and then people shared with me how they listen to the my pod, to this podcast um, in the car or in the gym. And I was like, wow, this really, this makes me, this for me is so much more meaningful than any statistics about listener counts and, and whatnot. These are the things I, yeah, they really, really, really motivate me. So, you know, like if you find that this episode or this podcast helps you and you find inspiring, I would love for you to, you know, share it um take me maybe write why why you like this episode and what you find inspiring um rate it on 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 spotify and apple podcast i think this helps to kind of like get more exposure but again for me actually the most important things is seeing how people listen to it and like i get responses and feedback and like the conversations i have are just this is really what what gets me going um and I love it. It's just so beautiful to receive. And as a thank you, I would like to start off this episode. Actually, not start off. We're already 10 minutes in. And we're not even at the main topic, which is going to be about Ikigai. But before we get into Ikigai, I want to play a beautifully beautifully narrated poem by Max Ermann. So Max so Max Erman was an American writer he was bo- born in Terry Haute, Indiana. Probably pronounced it completely wrong. Anyways, he was born in 1872 and actually his parents were German immigrants and um yeah, actually back then I think it, most people were in the states were immigrants from Europe. And anyways, um <laughs> rambling. So he wrote this beautiful beautiful poem called Desiderata and desiderata kind of like means things that are desired. And he wrote this poem mainly for himself, and then he shared it actually with uh, friends um, as a Christmas card. And yeah, and then there was actually never claimed any copyright on it. And I think that's why, yeah, there was an interesting story around this poem. And I got this poem uh, by a dear friend of mine, Kyra, she lives in Byron Bay. And uh, she shared for me that poem that uh, she found so inspiring in here when she, like, all her life. And I found this so beautiful because I discovered the same poem last year during a yeah, kind of like difficult time of my life. And it 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 gave me so much strength. And um, so, without further ado, the next four minutes, four and a half minutes. If you, it's for you. Enjoy it. It's a beautiful poem, especially when you currently. Going through a hard period of your time or you just want to do find some inspiration, enjoy this poem. It's gonna be four minutes and starting now.
1: Go placidly in the noise. In the haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even to the dull the ignorant, they too have their story, avoid loud and aggressive persons, they are vexations to the spirit, if you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons. Than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs. For the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals. And everywhere, life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love. For in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive Him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations, in the noisy confusion of life keep peace in your soul with all its sham drudgery and broken dreams it is still a beautiful world be cheerful strive to be happy
0: All right, uh, yeah, absolutely beautiful, beautiful poem. I will share the link in my show notes to this narrated version. It's actually by, I think, what's it called? The Motivator, interesting name. And yeah, but I think, so the original poem, that's a beautiful text. I'll I'll link everything in the show notes, you can read it. Um, yeah. And now we're getting into the main topic of this episode. It's uh, about Ikigai. It's actually a Japanese concept, a philosophy, best translated for Ikigai, something a philosophy for a life worth living. And it's a beautiful concept, idea, mindset, feeling. There's many ways to actually approach it, actually. And I read the book, uh, let me see, Ikigai, but what is the subtitle? The subtitle means, wait a second, Ikigai, where's the book? Oh yeah, Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. And um was written by... Well-prepared, Gerhard. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by Hector Garcia and Francesc Mirales. And yeah, I think why I stumbled upon it, I think actually by accident. I was in Byron Bay, and I went to the library there and just browsed through the books and I found the book Ikigai. And I I just the, the, the previous week before I was in Byron Bay, I was in Japan and I was in Tokyo and then I was in Kyoto. And for me, Japan has been such an inspiring journey. And for me, for example, the most inspiring part was there was I still remember it, and I will share pictures on Instagram. This coffee place in Kyoto, which I found, I just stumbled upon and this side LA street. And you know, from the outside it looked so interesting. It like this it, it looks like it looked like this um yeah, somehow stitched together rough coffee blaze but still it looked like everything was there was some design and beauty to it like um almost like intentional imperfection wow is this even a word but um there's not a word for this kind of like in Jap- in, in Japanese culture it's like wabi-sabi it's like kind of like this acknowledgement of you know, did nothing's forever. And also like the appreciation of the imperfection, I think. And this coffee place, this is how it looked like from the outside. I think it's hard to describe now uh, without showing it. But what was so remarkable for me is when I, when you enter it, it's a very small, very small coffee place. And I think this maybe was place for, I would say, f- six, seven people to sit. And a few more people where they could sit stand and try the coffee and then in the back so you would go inside and you would the very back of the coffee place there was a record player with a huge collection of uh, vinyls and then on the left side there was um, the barista and the owner and then it started just simply with the menu of this place it was like this handmade wooden menu, like I've never seen this before it was literally really like carved not carved, but it was part of the whole table. And it was just like this three-dimensional menu made out of wood. And um, there was so much playfulness and, and beauty and love. And then when I entered that day, there was jazz music playing in the background and people were just sitting there in silence, enjoying their coffee. And then I actually recorded the barista making the coffee and I, I think there was no espresso machine so in japan it was quite interesting you would see a lot of coffee places where they just use would use this kind of like v60 tripper it's like this um dripping coffee kind of technique um uh, for filter coffee and you know like you would enter that place and you would watch this person how he would pour the coffee with so much dedication, so much attention to detail. And it was one of the best coffees I've ever enjoyed. And I think it was just a mixture of the environment I'm in, the calmness and the love he was radiating, but also like the music and how the interior looked like. It all played well together. And I think this is kind of like, I have this picture so, it's so engraved in my mind this picture of him pouring, preparing the coffee. And for me, there was something like, how can I describe, how could I describe this, what I saw, not just in him, but how, how he would manifest his flow, this feeling for he found something kind of like worth living for and really like pouring his energy in. And I think that would be Ikigai, this is describing kind of like a feeling that, all right. There's an inner drive, there's a state of flow, a fire. And uh, that was it. It was Ikigai. And I think the word itself, it's a very common word in Japan and people just use it because they know it. It's more a feeling. And um, the book I read about, they talked about a lot about Okinawa. It's one of the five blue zones. And blue zones are zones where people live beyond 100 and uh, in a very like it's, uh, how do you say like they have a high concentration of people who live beyond 100 and okinawa was uh, was one of the blue zones there are other ones there is sardinia in italy there's nicoya in costa rica there's Ikaria in greece and loma linda in california and there's a misconception that ikigai originates from okinawa no i think in the book i was reading they just went to like, Okinawa to under- try to understand or like explore the lifestyle of these elderly people through the concept of Ikigai. And there's not a misconception about Ikigai. You would find this um, Venn diagram of Ikigai, which would describe, okay, Ikigai is something uh, in the center where the framework would look like sim- something like this. Like if you found something that you love doing, that you're good at, and something that the world needs and something you can pay it for. That's ikikai, but it actually it's a misconception. It's just a very again Western approach to this philosophy and concept because it's kind of like again a Western way of reverse, <coughs> sorry, reverse engineering um, something actually that you actually feel and it has been this Venn diagram is again is a, an approach to use the rational mind. To reverse words engineer ikigai but ikigai is more about a feeling it dives more into your emotional spheres, into your heart and soul and being it's more like about experiencing flow it's a more an inner drive again it's a feeling and, and in japan people would say all right this is my ikigai it's just like this intuitive sense of what it is it's less about like an conscious construct you're like all right I will design my life in a way that I find something that I love, I'm good at, I get paid for, and the world needs. Then I have Ikigai. It's not really like that. It's more like a feeling. I think that's why it is actually much more complex and much more nuanced. And I think that's the beauty of it in the end. Okay, water break. (laughs) And um, the book talks about that. Or like in the Japanese philosophy, the concept is that we all have an Ikigai and something to live for. While some people have found the Ikigai, others are still looking. But they believe that everyone carries their Ikigai within themselves. And it's just waiting to be discovered. So Ikigai is actually not something you create, but something you discover. And when I read that and I reflected on my life, I... Yeah... I was very interesting because yeah, as I said in my first episode, it has been quite a roller coaster in my 20s, like from business graduate. Then I started masters, uh, did a master's in game design. I started a PhD in education. I had a startup. I did consulting. And four years ago, I, found, uh, I discovered that I'm a software engineer. Or I have the capabilities as a software engineer. And looking back, I think before I was a software engineer, I was actually in a very interesting position. So I did startup consulting and I worked maybe 20 hours a week and it was enough to sustain my lifestyle and like nothing crazy, nothing, t- I was not poor, I was not rich. It was just a like, good life, but it was not fulfilling, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I, I realized I love working. I love, I want to put mature of the majority of the time into something that really drives me. And it was really by accident that I discovered software engineering. I had before I tried or when attended the school in Helsinki, which is called Hive Helsinki, I never dreamed of or dreamed of that I'm a software engineer or that it would be something for me. And it was the first time in my life when I actually discovered that software engineering is for me, and actually what it actually invokes in me is like this state of flow, this drive i or like this flows state of flow i achieve while coding and then of course it's not just about the profession it's about thinking about in all kinds of my areas of my life friendship family my health my relation to health sleep love learning i think in the end ikigai is all of it to find the things or like the things the people the environment that get you in a state of flow. It doesn't need to be some grand mission or grand purpose. It doesn't need to be something that <clears throat> guarantees you a lot of money. It's a feeling, a feeling of awareness and presence. And I will actually get more to it. How actually Lumi is uh, has helped me in a way without knowing to find my guys in life. So when you when another thing about. um In his book, what they talked about, like, so they went to the island in Okinawa and uh, interviewed these people, observed these people, and then tried to understand. Again, they used ikigai as a lens. It didn't originate in Okinawa. Very important to understand here. And um, one aspect, and I think this is so beautiful, is that having a youthful mind, and most of them, most of these aging elderly would say, like, stay young, stay youthful in your heart and your mind, which contributes so much to a healthy lifestyle. And then I quoted someone, Shlomo Pretznitz, an Israeli neuroscientist, and I quote, the importance of kind of like staying young in your mind and always keep exposing yourself to new experiences. Because he said, there's a tension between what is good for someone and what they want to do. This is because people, especially older people, like to do things as they have always done them. The problem is that when the brain develops ingrained habits, it doesn't need to think anymore. Things get done quickly and efficiently on automatic pilot, often in a very advantageous way. (laughs) This creates a tendency to stick to routines, and the only way of breaking these routines is to confront the brain with new information. And I think there's nothing wrong with automating things in certain areas, but I think it's so important to always learn something new by yeah, learning a new skill, reading of something, new concept, interacting with new people, breaking some routines and maybe do a bit things a bit differently. Because in the end of the day, if you just stick to routines, there's a the danger that you get into a state of autopilot. And again, icky guys about all but awareness, flow states, be in the moment. And for me, that's kind of like what halumi has done to me or help, helped help me, and um, because it's so easily to go in this kind of like zombie autopilot mode where we have unlearned to turn it off. You know, we all know people who snack while talking on the phone or watching the news, and you could ask them, you know, like how how was the how was the omelette, for example, and they wouldn't even maybe realize there were onions in it. It's about like. If you do something, do it with attention, with care and awareness. Don't mix up things. And um, it makes a huge difference. And I think one one com- another aspect they highlighted about um, the people in Okinawa or what they had in common is this common characteristic of having a positive attitude, especially during tough times, And this high degree of emotional awareness. And it was so interesting because in the previous episode I mentioned the Stoics and Zen Buddhism. And the dichotomy of control and not control. So understanding what you can control and what is outside of your control. So what is in your control is the ability to recognize emotions, the attitude, how you react to situations and to choose. What choices do you make in certain situations? This is in your control. The outcome is not not completely in your control actually out of your control. You can only decide certain things and what happens happens. And it's so funny because in this book it's uh, quite that's what I meant us in the previous episode. The more you read about all these kind of philosophies, the more they actually blend together and you find this interesting pattern that they all try to communicate the same just with a different with different wordings with different methods um because in the end it all it resonates differently words diff- certain words resonate with certain people certain concepts methods uh, resonate with certain people yes <laughs> so it's important that we come up with different ideas to kind of like reach as many people as possible and um so yeah, I think in this book they mentioned like all these elderly people, and I think also like when I mentioned about talked about Charlie, the book I read about this hundred nine year old person. It's like this attitude, this mindset, this emotional awareness. Like okay, this is what I can control, and I focus on the things that are in my control and the things that are outside my control. I don't even care about them. I don't even think about it. And they also mentioned in this book, uh, it's so fascinating. I didn't, I didn't know. I promise, I did not know. In my previous episode, I talked about logotherapy and Viktor Frankl. And when I finished this book, I was having on Friday or Saturday. there was this part about logotherapy and like how it actually how similar it is to also like the ikigai mentality. And uh, I actually learned a very interesting concept. It's called the Sunday neurosis. And it was a study I think in Vienna. um, Need to look it up. But what, they, what the Sunday neur- neurosis is basically is what happens when, without the obligations and commitments of the work week, the individual individual realizes how empty he or she is inside, and that's um, that's beautiful. I think we all have ex- we all have experienced it. I definitely have exper- experienced it, or experienced it in the past. And this probably was also one major drive for when I started my spiritual but also philosophical journey seven years ago and it probably or most likely pushed me towards thinking about Lumi and the framework to think about this. All right, what are these moments that bring me in a state of flow, that drive me? What what do they have in common? And... I think this is a good... So, what what in this book they talk about is this state of flow, which is a concept uh, invented by... Let me just check. Oh, no, I'm actually quite a... I was, like, afraid of this part of the podcast because um, the name of the scientist who invented the concept was... uh, Where was he from? I think it was from Hungary and let me check flow concept mihali uh, when was it reinvented doesn't say oh yeah 1999 1990 sorry 1990 and the author is called mihali okay i'm not gonna be there to pronounce the second surname but there is uh i will link it in the show notes um Let's try something. Pronunciation. Just... Oh, there we go. Okay.
1: We are looking at how to pronounce this name. The name of this Hungarian-American psychologist. How do you say it? me Csikszentmihalyi.
0: Mihai and Mihai. All right. So Mihai Chiksen, Csiksman- oh man. All right. We all have heard it. <laughs> he was inventor of flow, and the concept is quite uh, fascinating because it is uh, he observed athletes and um, chess players and wanted to understand what is happening when they're in this complete. S- state of uh, focus and, and presence, and he described this as a fl- state of flow, where you are doing something that is not like there's various areas like how to look at it. Well, one aspect is that you are engaged with something that really like resonates so strongly with your inner self that you're like you have a passion for it, you have a purpose, you have there's a fire for this task or like the skill set. But also it looks into this data flow is like this perfect balance between a challenge, a challenge that is not too hard and not too easy. So it's just this perfect spectrum where you're challenged and learning constantly, but you never, it, nev- it doesn't ever get frustrating because it's too hard. It also doesn't get boring because it's too easy. It's always like this perfect sweet spot where it's like this, all right, I'm so into it. I think you all have experienced, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced flow, moments of flow in one way or the other. It doesn't need to be work. It can be anything. It can be even just a conversation with a friend or a family member or someone you care. You can reach state of flows in all aspects of life. And I think this is something, again, about Ikigai. It's kind of like a feeling. And um, for example, think about There are a few questions you can actually start investigating. For example, what do the activities have in common that drive you to flow? What do they have in common, and why do these activities drive you to flow? For example, are the activities activities that drive you are practiced with or without people, or do these moments and activities do they, are they more are they using are they like bodily activities? For example, sports, or is it something where you just think? And then you can go deeper and deeper and like really like create a map about your flow moments. And uh, especially also like, for example, with with family, friends, learning, sleep, uh, what what are the characteristics in common? And I think this is a good segue to how, while I was reading about Ikigai, I actually realized that Lumi... And the method I've been doing for the last three and a half years and um, trying to kind of like digitalize at the moment, it has become, it's a compass that has helped me to A, uh, it's a compass that helped me to navigate through a world of uncertainty. Um, And it is... It has helped me to realize what are the things in the nine categories I have. And this is career, friends, family, love, mental health, body health, sleep, learning and creativity. To help me better understand what contributes to states of flow in these categories. And it helped me to reflect on them. And course correct me if I went in directions that didn't really put me in a state of flow where actually I was like, I think there's like, um, yeah. You all know these moments where 10 minutes of something could feel like five hours if you don't enjoy it. While as an activity you really enjoy that maybe takes, you, you spend five hours, you would perceive it as 10 minutes. And this is a perfect description of flow. And I think this is what they talk about in Ikigai as well. It's like this feeling of being so present, immersed in something. And Lumi has helped me exactly to find that and unreasonable in many, many areas, I would say. And this, it's so important to underline this. This can be different for so many people. You, Everyone has their own map of Lumi's, their own icky guys and i hope again with this podcast i can inspire you to find your map of flow moments in all areas of life and it doesn't yeah i think there's there's purpose and meaning and again it's not about finding a great purpose that changes the world it brings us uh brings humanity you know to the moon it can be very little things as long as we find we live a life in accordance with nature again it was in with our nature with the nature of others and with mother nature itself yeah um and uh yeah i think now i would like to read about some quotes from people in Okinawa who lived he lived past 100 and uh yeah each of them had a like a headline, and all right, here we go. The first one: Don't worry, the secret to a long life is not to worry and to keep your heart young. Don't let it grow old, open your heart to people with this nice smile on your face. If you smile and open your heart, your grandchildren and everyone else will want to see you. Second cultivate good habits. I feel joy every morning waking up at six and opening the curtains to look out at my garden where I grow my own vegetables. I go right outside to check on my tomatoes, my mandarin oranges. I love the sight of them. It relaxes me. After an hour in the garden, I go back inside and make breakfast. Third, nurture your friendships every day. Getting together with my friends friends is my most important ikigai. We all get together here and talk. It's very important. I always know I will see them all here tomorrow, and that's one of my favorite things in life. Fourth, live an unhurried life. My secret to a long life is always saying to myself, "Slow down and relax." You live much lo- You live much longer if you are not in a hurry fifth Every day I say to myself today will be full of health and energy live to the fullest <laughs> So there were these five categories and um there were many quotes to each of them and I think it's so beautiful to read from actual people we don't need to we, not, we don't need high gurus or um outliers to deliver these messages we can look at and i think this is what inspires you most about life and while in my you know during my travels talking to as many people as possible because there's so much wisdom within us and so much shared and common patterns that if we only knew that wow there's so much commonality and so many patterns we, I think, we would all relax a bit more and know that wow, life is just absolutely beautiful. And um, yeah, so one, one, one kind of like other important aspects about they talked about in the book about is the concept of resilience. And this resilience about is like um, once you have like this clear objective in life or purpose. You are much more able to withstand, or like it, it helps you to focus on the things that really matter, to focus on objective, and it helps you to remove these negative emotions from your life. And then they quoted again, it's so remarkable. Again, you see the patterns across all philosophies. This emotional resili- resilience they mention in, you find in Buddhism and Stoicism, and especially in Stoicism, I think. Um, I talked about this briefly. Stoicism is all about striving for something called tranquility. And I think it's much more nuanced concept than saying, okay, I strive to be happy. While a striving for tranquility means is we aim to, or like strive, no, strive for tranquility means the absence of negative feelings such as anxiety, fear, shame, vanity, and anger, and the presence of positive feelings such as happiness, love, serenity, and gratitude. Because again, it's so important. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life's pleasures as long as they don't take control of your life as you enjoy them. You know, that's the beauty of, um, and a big misconception again. Now I'm jumping in between, but in Stoicism, the big misconception that Stoicism is about like the neglection of any kind of emotions. No, it's actually the absence of negative feelings and it's about enjoying life. So when you have money, enjoy when you have it. When you don't have it, don't miss it. When you have, a, enjoy having a house, but don't don't become dependent or addicted to uh, owning things. And another concept they then build upon, and there's actually, I read the same book about it, it's called anti-fragility, fragility, to being anti-fragile. Um, it's a concept and also a very good book. I might look into it for this podcast, but it's a concept beyond resilience and robustness. So the difference between is a resilient system or a robust system is that the resilient system resists shocks and stays the same, while the anti-fragile system gets better. And they understood when they went to Okinawa and I, they talked to these people, it's like this attitude, this optimism, especially during struggles, that not just resisting hard times but becoming better. That those hard times shape you, so embrace them. And um, yeah, it's 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 fascinating, and I think um, yeah. Oh oh, I forgot about that. So another thing worked very interesting. For example, like in the blue zones that um, they found one commonality is like the people who live the longest are not the ones that do most exercise, but rather the ones who move the most. I think this is also like this complete wrong notion that we all have to train five times a day or five times a week or every day and go beyond and above. No, it's just about keeping the body moving, be it long walks doing maybe once a week strength training and do bouldering. Or for example, in my case, bouldering. Sorry, I don't want to advertise it. But for me, this is what I discovered about my, what works for me in terms of body health. I've tried many things in my life. I used to play for years water polo. Then I did summers. I, try, I, I tried few summers to do running or just swimming. I tried CrossFit for a few years. was not for me. And for me, I found... Over the last three and a half years, and what I, would, I s- still do, and it's like it's just, it just—it just works for me It's this combination of bouldering, climbing, walking, a lot of walking. I walk every day, yeah, at least ten thousand steps, and I prefer walking over public transport. I don't—I've never earned a car, for example, so it's not an option for me. I love to cycle, with my bicycle in cities and once a week i do strength training and that's it and there's no yeah it's just this um, combination of low heart rate exercise and maybe a few times a week more intense although bouldering is like actually i love it because it's not just it is body the bodily movements it's just, there's so much thinking and creative problem solving involved which is just beautiful and, um, oh yeah, finally, I think I mentioned in the beginning, this concept of wabi-sabi, I think they mentioned it briefly, it's more like Japanese concept, doesn't have to do directly something with ikigai, but it's just about this understanding, the acceptance and acknowledgement that nothing is forever, and the appreciation of the imperfections in life, because imperfect things that are incomplete or flawed are beautiful as they are, as they represent the natural world. And I think it's so beautiful. It's like, again, this Eastern way of looking at things, whereas in Western or like in, in the Western world, we're, we're obsessed with building stone statues and making people immortal for the rest of our lives, which is, um, yeah, it's just bizarre, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think this is now, they the key points of Ikigai, and I think I will end this with the 10 rules summed up and I will again you can read more about them as you go alright here we go the 10 rules of Ikigai stay active don't retire second take it slow third Don't fill your stomach. Stop eating when you're at 80% full. Fourth, surround yourself with good friends. Friends are the best medicine. Five, get in shape for your next birthday. Water moves. It is at its best when it flows fresh and doesn't stagnate. Sixth, smile. A cheerful attitude is not only relaxing; it also helps makes friends. Seventh, reconnect with nature. Go out and explore nature. Rediscover that we're all one. Eight, give thanks. Be grateful. Give thanks to your ancestors, to nature which provides you with the air you breathe and the food you eat, to your friends and family, to everything that brightens your days and make you feel lucky to be alive. Ninth, live in the moment. Stop regretting the past and fearing the future. Today is all you have. Tenth, follow your ikigai. There's a passion inside you, a unique talent that gives meaning to your days and drives you to share the best of yourself until the very end. If you don't know what your Ikigai is yet, as Viktor Frankl says, your mission is to discover it. All right, these were the 10 final tips or rules of Ikigai in the book. And it's important to say, life, it doesn't need to be a big thing. We might find meaning in, in being a good parent or a good friend or helping our neighbors. It doesn't be a life-changing or, yeah big startup or whatnot. Because in the end of the day, life is not a problem to be solved but a reality to be experienced. Alright, I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next week.